This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. You just find that <laughs> game audio wall and you break it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a literally, there is a wall and you there's need to break wall, it. Break it <laughs> and, you're in, and you don't have to do any work anymore. But if you guys look over to the left, there's some stairs. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. And I'm Jen Lewis. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. The 26th? 26th. I, think. I don't count. I, I'm, yeah, 26. 26. 26. We well done, it. guys. This is April's you. episode, right? Yes. Okay. It is April's episode. That's how I count. And apparently Excellent. We're just that riding that well <laughs> riding the fine line to May. <laughs> yeah, that's how, the, that's how the sound design meetups have been going as well. We, we started at the beginning of the month. Yes, we, we were did. like we were like solid of like getting our episodes out at the beginning of the month. I think we were even saying just, like the first Monday or the seventh. Like it was yeah, precise. we were we were good, and then we just slipped more and more and more and more, and then it was like, all right, I got it in on the thirty first. Yeah, as you, <laughs> so it was like technically it was out this month. I'm still we still hit every month. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, smarter every day has gone the same way. Yeah, we we used to be very regimented. I think it might have even been weekly videos. Yeah. Yeah, no but then you build a following, and then once yeah. the following is ex- like solid enough, Th- thank you, you all your listeners still follow us. Yeah, just rely on the contents. So, Jen. Yes, sir. Who are you? I so, am Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I am a sound designer and uh, game audio person, film person, um, with a lot of extracurricular interests as well. Yep. Uh, and currently, a very urgent desire to make sound art. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to juggle all those things. That is a lot of stuff. It is. Plus, you know, wanting to ride across the country on my bicycle yeah. and <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I told, before we started recording, I said I had one fact. Yes. Um, we have almost worked on lots of projects. Yes, we have. Because we were both at Electronic <laughs> Arts at the same time. I finally figured out we did work on a project together. Which one? I My first video game job was a tester at EA uh-huh. and I tested on James Bond Nightfire. Nice. That you did audio <laughs> on. <laughs> so we actually have worked on a project together. Right. On. You were was, testing audio. I was, we, it was level testing. So, so yeah, I was testing everything about a given level. So I probably sent you bugs. That's awesome. I, you know, it's funny. There was this, this feeling at EA about, you know, receiving a bug, especially crash bugs, right? It was upstairs. Yeah. The dev team would be like, Oh God, it's 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 a crash bug, and my attitude was always like, "No, awesome, we found a crash bug." Yeah, you know, yeah. and I know downstairs they're going, "We found a crash bug," and they're celebrating and having a good time. <laughs> but I always really respected QA from that perspective. Yeah, uh, lots of people did, but yeah, it yeah definitely seems in um, <laughs> in AAA there is less of that respect. Yeah, um, well, there can be, but um, there were lots. I've worked really with a lot well, of people who were. It's yeah. a lot easier to take the QA department for granted when you have one <laughs> to, that can be taken for granted. Whereas with the indie teams, a lot of the time it's just yeah. your friends and and like people you know. Yeah, like we had Kevin Regami try like kind of try to speed run the the that game Fossil Echo I'm working on, and those devs were over the moon. Because he found all these bugs. Yeah. Because they don't have a, they're like two 22-year-olds in France. They don't have a QA team. And I think there's a lot, a lot about the divide that AAA makes with their teams. Yes. Whereas like QA is off sometimes even in a whole nother city. Yeah. 
but at the very least in another building. So it's like you just get these reports that come out to you. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, getting all these bugs and crashes are like, you did something wrong. Yeah. You did yeah. something else wrong. And yeah. it's, you know, you got to have the right mentality to not take that personal. Mm -hmm. Or you, you get know. to play with it too. I mean, there was a time yeah. at EA where we started sending around joke bugs. <laughs> so there was a brownout in, in New York. And so someone started out to uh, fix the electricity in New York bug and it got passed from person to person. There was a hot potato. <laughs> the producer kept passing it along too. So it was, everyone was playing. It was great. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's, awesome. that's a, that's a right attitude. Like there's no reason that this is life or death and to take it all so seriously. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. You know, we're all on the, like you said, you're, you're like, yay, we found a crash bug. We're all on the same team. Like the fact that you found this thing that wrecks our thing that I now have to fix is like, well, it's better we all find it than the Joe public when well, they buy the game. And back then, of course, you didn't ship updates. Yeah. There yeah, none. right. It was disc. Yeah. So you got it right or you didn't. And then you were scorned afterwards if it wasn't right. So <laughs> yeah, totally. You got to be thankful for it. But there was still the, the feeling of, oh my God, I'm going to be here till four in the morning finding yeah. this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. That's the most intimidating thing about bugs for me is that it's like. Who knows how long it's going to take to find. Unless you're really good, I guess. I'm not. Well, I'm getting better. <laughs> there, I'm finding at... more and more. I receive audio bugs and I'm like, I know what that is. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I'm pretty sure a year or two years ago, it would be like. Or. Guess I'm I guess I'm just going to be on Google for five hours. <laughs> hoping someone else had this bug. Or yeah. now Slack. Game Audio Slack has been tremendously helpful. Yeah. Because we have a lot of people from FMOD and not Wise yet. They're there. Are oh, there really? There's FMOD people, people there too? Yeah. And yeah. Taz is there from Taz is there from Fabric, from Fabric as well. Awesome. Yeah. So, and I think they have like alerts set up. So if it, if FMOD is mentioned or Fabric ah. is mentioned, a lot of the time yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll jump in. in. Yeah. Perfect. So it's not like official support or anything, but you can luck out yeah. from time to time. Those are, those are some of the sort of, to me, the worst things when you're finding is like there's one thing of like, oh, it's a bug and my content is wrong or my con my settings are like bad or like, you know, I've told him like, oh, that's not turning down. And he's like, all oh, right, because it's totally in the wrong category and the mixer isn't affecting that. Like, duh. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's all that kind of stuff, which is great. It's the stuff when you're like, I'm doing it all right. I know I'm doing all the steps right and it's broken and wrong. And being able to reach out to somebody and then go, oh, yeah, that's a bug in the software. Right. And then you're like, oh, mine was just right. Like okay. I'm not crazy because then you start second guessing yourself and then you're like, then you find out, well, you were doing it all right. I was doing it wrong yesterday, but, but so was everyone else. <laughs> so awesome. FMOD studio, like you can multi-edit events, yeah. you yeah. select a bunch of events and it's supposed to shade yellow and tell you which ones, like if you change this, it changes all of them, but that's a toggleable feature and mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of that. The toggle. Neither was KH and neither was Sal from FMOD. So yeah, I sent it. Support ticket, and they were like, you have to turn it on, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also right great, on. too, that you were able to share that with everyone. It's nice to hit Slack before you send a support email. Yeah. You know? Um, it's nice that they're paying attention. Yeah. I think it's a really nice, it's, it's a fantastic feature that not just, like, sound devices is doing it as well. Oh, cool. So as soon as something goes up on the sound devices Facebook page, they answer. Nice. Yeah. And it's Good. great, and they just say, please send us an email here. Good, and good, it's good. direct communication and it's black and white. Either you get the companies that do it or you don't. Well, it's really nice when companies engage in social media because yeah. I hate signing into forums. And I think a lot of people yes. hate signing into forums yeah. these days because everything is just 
social media connected. So when, I don't know, because Wise is heavily into their forum, mm -hmm. but I don't feel yeah. like having to go log in and, and put in and like make my support ticket and then wait, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then log in again to check for an answer. It's a lot nicer when it's just integrated into my daily life already. Yeah. I can just get a Facebook notification or a Slack notification. Um, so, since it's the indie game audio podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, you started out at AAA. Started out at AAA, did AAA for 14 years. No, yep. four, more than 14. Then I went to AA at Relic. Right. Oh. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that was what something they considered themselves. And yep. uh, it really was based on how many numbers you expected to sell. Right. Right. So went to Relic. I'm not saying Relic was crap. That's not it at all. <laughs> <laughs> not in, quite the contrary. But uh, Relic was a refreshing breath of air. Yeah. For sure. But um, yeah, so did that and then stepped away from Relic into indie and film. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, did, how did you find the transition from triple double A into full indie land? Um, I think it was number one, refreshing, but yeah. number two, I was going through this rev personal revolution of feeling quite run down and a bit broken from the corporations yeah. mm -hmm. and needing to rebuild my self-confidence mm -hmm. because I'd climbed, not intentionally climbed, but grown and climbed up into the echelon of more of admin type stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I would yeah, go the, off you into- You were the boss for a long time. Yeah. At Relic and and, uh, and on the Bond games. But yeah. um, I needed a refresher. I needed yeah. to rebuild. I needed to go back to my passion yeah. of sound. And to be honest, it took years yeah. to come back to, oh no, I really love audio still. Mm -hmm. But it took years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it took years of doing little passion projects. It took years yep. of teaching. And going, I love teaching, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and then that fueled and then everyone liked to students like yourself, Gordon, yeah. like throwing excitement back at me was like, okay, I got rev back up. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's just like, I, everything is audio. Yeah. You know, or cycling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, that's been the path. And so, um, I'm also a big, I love doing diversity. So I love bouncing between a film and then a game. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then back and forth and that kind of thing. So it's been nice to be more in that middle land mm -hmm. versus purely games. Yeah. That's a really cool space to be in. For sure. And then you and I worked on Shellraiser together. Yes. My first game ever. I know. We you were got sitting me in, my first how did, job. No, tell me how that worked. Because we were sitting in class and I said, I'm working on this game. It's got turtle a turtle in it. Yeah. And I need turtle music. That's what I'm working on right now because someone asked me or something. And what did you guys no, say? No, I was just, I just completely stuck my neck out very obnoxiously <laughs> basically you were like i'm doing sound and i was like do you need music <laughs> that's what it was yeah and you were like yes we do and uh and then and then me and uh, sasha both collaborated Stephen. on it Stefan. Stefan chesley i have yeah. an another chesley a friend from back home who's <laughs> sasha and it doesn't seem like a super common name and i have been doing that for years well you guys did a great job it was fantastic. So that was my, actually, that was the first game. My, I had three goals in that game. Yeah. I wanted to help Nick and Slick um, mm -hmm. uh, make their model successful because mm -hmm. I really believed in, in how they framed things. I wanted to have fun making a game again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make an independent game, which I'd never done. Yeah. And the, the day before we launched, I went, it'd be nice if I made some money too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that definitely happened too. So uh, it was a, Big success. And that was the one that f put my foot in indie and went, yeah. yes, okay, this is good. This is really good. And this way we should be making games. Yeah, yeah. right. At least these games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm still working with them. We should be done sometime soon. <laughs> when it's ready. <laughs> when it's ready. That's when the it's motto. Done. That's Nick's, Nick and Shane's <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the 
finishing of Shellraiser, just everybody sitting around and being like, are we done? I think we're done. It was kind of like that, and yeah. then something else got fi- got changed, okay. got added, and then it was done. Are you guys going to do early access on Viking Squad? Nope. 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 Just straight out? Straight out. Nick's, Nick's old school. Like, yeah. You launch a game when it's done, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. done that in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we, your model's we, way different. We we yeah. shipped uh, last week, um, Shipwrecked came out, and this week, Don't Starve Together came out, of, both came out of early access, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like... Oh right, yeah. I guess I guess it's sort of done. It's, yeah, clay games people are just have been playing it already, area. and I don't know. I'm starting to notice. I just I'm like, it's it wait, really... we haven't shipped that yet. Yeah, <laughs> did we ship Everybody's, that? Or everybody already? owns it and plays it. Well, yeah, congrats on that. <laughs> it's great. It's it's different. I don't want to go back to ever not early accessing a game at this point. Really? Hey? Yeah, yeah. The amount of feedback and stuff is so great that we can get from the community. Um, that we can try stuff out. And I love that I can be talking about what I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I, I, I don't think I could go back into a like triple a NDA like universe anymore. I hate that. Like there's been some projects here that we're not yet talking about and it's driving me nuts that we're like, we're not talking about these things yet. And I'm like, ah, Mm -hmm. okay, well I can talk about something at least something is going on yeah Yeah. i feel like clay it's more we're not talking about this yet because we don't know if we're gonna go all the way with it or not rather than whereas triple a is like we don't want our ideas stolen by the other triple a and we are not deviating yeah the corporate uh (laughs) yeah yeah it's corporate generally like we haven't figured out what this is gonna be yet so we don't want to like mislead yeah, yeah mislead you about what it might be yeah there's that's interesting there's so many different reasons for ndas yeah. Because other NDAs that I have for indie games, they're more just, it's more like the Radiohead being mad that their album leaked before they were done type thing. Because they're like, it's not it's not ready yet. Yeah. It's not ready for people's hands to be on it. I think it's a range of stuff, right? Yeah. And it depends yeah. on where the, the company heads and even just the people that are involved at any level come from. So if you came from EA, mm-hmm. yeah, you hide everything. Right. Because that's what you're supposed to do. And it's not right or wrong. It just is what you do. Right. Whereas if you're from some, you know, the full indie community or something here in town. Yeah. You're talking about stuff because mm-hmm. that's what we do. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I, I think too, when you, when you're, when you're in the AAA ecosystem, um, you're in a big studio. Uh, there is, you know, you, you you don't want people to steal your ideas. You don't want to ruin marketing um, that might be happening. Right. Be pushed for your game. But you've got an insular community that you can talk about with all of your people in your studio. Like the size that, you know, EA Canada is, there's a lot of people to talk about there that you're like, Hey, I'm doing this thing that nobody else, but the building knows about. You've got, still got people to talk about when you've got problems, you've got other teams to go to and and ask about. Whereas if you're a small indie, you know, there's 10 Mm. of you working on a game and you've got a problem being able to reach out to the rest of the indie community is sort of that like, hey, I'm doing this thing. What do you think about it? I've got this problem. Or I've got this design problem or a technical problem. You know, you turn to those people to help rely on and create your your network to back, kind of back you up. And thankfully here in town, like with the full indie community, we've got a great supportive network. So you can go out to the meetups and be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I haven't really told anybody about it, but but this is the idea and this is the problem I've got. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people will be like, oh, this is what I would do or, you know, you should try this. It's interesting. Like, it, you just made me think about the time back at EA when it was, you know, essentially all the audio people were when this like corridor that was an L. Yeah. And 
everyone was there and everyone was always checking every day. Hey, what are you up to? What's going on? Checking each other stuff out. It was the full indie community yeah. in a corridor. Yeah. For interesting. sound. Cool. And so, yeah, that's interesting. It is a bigger ecosystem within which it holds its own full indie. When I was at EA, and this was a big, hard part for my transition to, to being freelance in indie, was I had a problem. I walked out of my room. I went to the door next door and said, hey, John, what's, you know, you know, hey, Bart, whoever was near me at the time and just half the time talked about what I was doing and talked myself into the solution just because I was talking about yes. it. Yeah. The, totally. And I was like, I've got this problem, blah, 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 blah. Oh, right. Kate, now I know what to do. Thanks. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. I left our early days of EA too. I don't know if you were still there, but um, uh, it was a guy named Rob Bailey who is a coder and yeah. an audio guy. And nice. we'd be like, man, we're really struggling with this database thing and trying to make this tool that'll rename our files, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I can make that for you. Yeah. Like those are the days when people would just do stuff for each other, no matter what team they were on. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> now you go to central services and they put it in a stack of stuff yeah. with a priority and it happens that way. But those early days were so organic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. willing, just like full India is very fertile. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I had a lot of, so leaving that. I went out on my own and was all like, I've got nobody to talk to. Mm. And this was pre-Twitter, pre, you know, just about every social, like, I don't know, MySpace would have been the thing back then, I guess. Nice. Like, you yeah. know, so it was like there was nobody really to turn to and it felt very stifling in that regard because I was so used to just talking stuff out with other audio people and then like went, okay, I don't have that anymore. I've got to figure this all out on my own in a vacuum. You know, the the communities that have sprung up since that are around now, like the Game Audio community on Twitter, like the full indie meetup group here, um, like the Slap group and stuff. It's just so much great support for people that are on their own. It's pretty easy. It's not six degrees of separation anymore. Yeah. It's one one degree. (laughs) You ask the question, oh, yeah, sure, I can hook you up with. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which is not to say that everyone should just ask to be hooked up with their favorite sound designer or something like that. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they can try, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. See. So you were at the like very beginning of EA, right? For Need for uh, Speed? Not very beginning, very but early. Very... Need for Speed 1. Yeah. But so I was like, on the second was iteration. getting into the game audio for that like? I, di- I stumbled into it. Yeah. To be totally honest, I played games since I was a young kid. I played Pong. I had a Pong mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. And awesome. uh, so I never thought of it as a career though. Yeah. I ended up coming to Vancouver after the Banff Center for the Arts, and I um, did an interview with Don Matrick out at EA for a TV show. <laughs> right. And two of the guys, we went in to do some B-roll in the studio, and they were mixing this incredibly hot, funky track. It was Ken Marshall and Traz Damji, and they're mixing the NBA title track. Cool. And we're walking in there, we're shooting B-roll, and <clears throat> and he comes up to me, and a half an hour later, we're wandering off somewhere else doing B-roll, and he says, give me your card. We're always looking for good sound people. By the way, here's this tape. And it's like a dat tape, right? Old yeah. days. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what's this? And he says, oh, this is the track we just mixed. I thought you might want to use it in your show. And I went, what? You're giving us this so the game isn't out yet? He's yeah. like, yeah, man, we all want it to be great. And I was like, holy mackerel. And then six months later, I got a call from Alistair Hurst. Mm-hmm. And he said, we need someone oh, to go Alistair. record cars. Yeah, cool. Okay. And so I went out with Don in his Ferrari and raced up and down SFU <laughs> Hill and blew out his spark plugs and his brakes and his gorgeous Ferrari. And uh, and that was it. I was on Need for Speed. And then I was part of the family. Right. right. It really was a big family vibe. So I was a contractor, but I was contract for six to 10 months on average. Mm-hmm. And every Need for Speed, I'd be back. And I would handle dialogue and some post. Cool. And engines. And man, engines. I'm glad those days are gone. 
I, I, <laughs> Although it's easy now. Yeah. I really want to work on a racing game again. And I also loathe ever working on a racing game again. I'm just like, I've looped so many engines in yeah. my day that I'm just like, I don't I, Well, yeah. in that L-shaped corridor, yeah. it took us 10 days per car yeah. to make a car. Yeah. And we would all divvy them up. All four of us would divvy them up. And we would knock on each other's door a couple times a day to make sure we were still awake. Because <laughs> it's just <laughs> oh, man. EQing it to try and get the bump out or yeah, finding right, another. Right, oh, right. my. Painful. <laughs> oh, man. But we earned it. Yeah. We really earned it. Cut it. Move it. No, still ticking. Yep. Still Undo. Cut exactly. it. But now, Rev, which was an amazing revolution, right? That was Adam Boyd and, um, oh, my goodness, the programmer Pat. I can't remember his last name, but they came up with this idea to do some um, basically granular yeah. synthesis. Like what the cool re- speed? resynthesis. What the yeah. need receive Ginsu, tool was. The Ginsu tool. Yeah. Okay. So they started developing that. And then we went out and recorded cars and recorded the spark plug hits as well. And then the tool divided up the audio samples based on the spark plug hits. Yeah. And that was the beginning of Ginsu, which was recording ramps instead of loops. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I, I still think that those that's the best sounding car engines in any race. Even game. more than Rev? Uh, Rev to me is like an extension, an improvement. Yeah, but that's harmonic analysis versus the um, later. Yeah, thing. the new tool is different than yeah. Ginsu. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same idea. Yeah, it's the Rev. Yeah, but the problem is you have to use still the loop model if you're going to get into if you're if you have gameplay that's like um, where the the person can feather the uh, the RPM, mm-hmm. then you're staying at the static RPM all the time, and then Rev starts to fall down. Ginsu yeah. fell down too, yeah. so we would have to crossfade into the loop model to yeah. get oh. a nice texture. state. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Charles came along and added tons and tons of one-shots. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, it covered up some of those problems. Yeah. So I don't know where they're sitting right now at EA for engines, but uh, it could be anywhere in there. Yeah. The, the engine thing went well beyond when I left. So Yeah, me as well. And I was, I was actually having to take what they were, because I was doing a lot of PSP Need for Speed games. So I was taking right. what the cool new stuff they were doing with with Ginsu and stuff for for the the consoles and having to like dumb it down and rip it apart and be like <laughs> this was cool and now I'm making it just work. Why'd you guys make a 10 second ramp? Jeez, I can't fit that in my machine. <laughs> yeah, like because the PSP wouldn't wouldn't actually run Ginsu, so I was like, oh. well, I'm gonna have to take and just go back to your loops. Right. And thankfully, they still had that hybrid system, so it was like right. there's content for me at least to like work from. Oh, so you were at the hybrid point. That's where you were doing yeah. the Need for Speed stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it was gone then. Man, what's gonna happen when electric cars take over? Well, then just, then you'll just license just the, the engine sense sound. Sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, there will be a whole job, I think. Well, there are well, there are jobs. Yeah, jobs like Mercedes. Um, Audi has a everyone, team. Audi's doing it. Yep, everyone's doing synthesized sense. car sounds. Yeah, they've got an input yeah. device. They've got their little. Pedal on the floor. Sweet. <laughs> so there's a put there's actually um have different yeah. car sounds. There's there's law been passed in the states mm-hmm. that electric cars have to make sounds. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. because it's a safety thing. Totally. Um. So people like Audi are going because they're making the um the R8 e-tron. Right. Are like right. what does what does a supercar <laughs> electric supercar sound like? Like they're yeah. coming from it as a lifestyle kind of viewpoint of like what right. should this super amazing thing sound like, not just for the safety reason. So that's why they've got a team of literally a team of sound designers making their engine sounds. Yeah, it'll be and great. So there was, and there was one, your... just one guy that I knew of. I think there's a team of three now. Really? Last time I I heard. And they're building their own synthesizing, oh, their own hardware. Yeah. Oh, really? And, and he there was one guy at it for years. Yeah. So I didn't know about this evolution of it. Yeah. So the team's <laughs> got I feel like bigger. it should just be something you can so, do uh, with your phone. So when. <laughs> Like, when, I want my Tesla to sound like a Model T Ford. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be hilarious. <laughs> so I think when it gets Ooh. to that point and we do racing games of like of that, you'll just license 
the engine from the t- the company. I'm guessing you're like, the oh, car we're putting companies. we're putting the R8 Ooh. into the into our game. Okay, Audi, you're going to give us the your car engine sound. Yeah, I'm guessing the car companies huh. don't want you putting whatever stupid sound you want in there. Yeah, because they're going to be like, oh, no, they're no, they very particular. Very they approve all that stuff. Yeah. No, but we were back. When we were working like on Need for Hacks, you know? Yeah. On Need for Speed, we had to have all the engines approved. Like all the car totally. companies, they made sure all that stuff was up to their snuff, up to snuff for them. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then we got into Bond and we could use whatever cars we wanted. <laughs> In order, nice. it sounded exciting. Yeah. But it's Porsche. Well, who cares? <laughs> you know? Or whatever it was, yeah. I had to do a Jaguar commercial and they didn't send me really. It was. Out of, it was like based in Hong Kong and the commercial industry in, in Hong Kong sounds pretty nuts. Um, but they sent me like really bad recordings of the car. Like, like ex- I think they sent me all internal recordings, but most of the shots were external. So I had like no throaty engine sounds or anything. I just had to fake the whole thing, but nobody complained. So, yeah, but it definitely didn't Early really need for sound speed, like that car. All of our engines were internal. Okay. It was a crown PZM in between the passenger and driver's seat. Okay. We just EQ'd it for brightness for t- the outside. Right. That right. was Need for Speed 1. Right. And then Need for Speed 2, we tried to record outside the car as well. Okay. But we couldn't, we weren't miking the car itself. So it was, the car was uh, static on a jack. Oh, jacks. okay. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't sound very good. The car mm-hmm. wasn't very exciting. <laughs> so it's, it was quite an evolution of recording as well that happened too. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's I think one of the, one of the biggest spots that the difference between recording for games versus recording for film right. becomes apparent is cars. Mm-hmm. cars. Like it's because yeah. it's like, you know, this is one of the most heavily manipulated mm-hmm. things by a video game engine to make sound like the thing mm-hmm. that is just, no, we're not, we're, there, no car buy is going to do any good for anything for us. Well, it's interesting too, because cars, we have a real attachment to, right? Yeah. In most games, you have some fantasy elements some things that don't exist. It's much more fiction. Mm-hmm. The cars, we have a real attachment to. Yeah. So it takes a lot of finesse and, and care to yeah. get that feeling right. I, I remember, you know, dumbing down these game engines for the PSP and Bart, who was on the team, is a Porsche guy. Yeah. And he would come in and just shake his head because he's like, that's not what it sounds like. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get it to sound like it really sounds She's like, yeah, just that's not what a Porsche sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, it's the right samples, and that's as much as I can do. We had to mangle a lot of that. Like, if we were doing a certain class of cars, we would use yep. the 911 sample for the 905, 906, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, we try and do that a bit because we had to cover 80 cars. So oh, you're probably man. dealing with some material that wasn't the right car. Right. Yeah, a, a, a lot of case, you know. Secret, most of those cars in those PSP games were not the right. They were the right engine type. Yeah. That's as, that's what I went with. Right. Like, all right. These are all four cylinders. All right. These are four yeah. cylinders. These are V6s. These are V8s. And I would yeah. pick of what I had the best sounding ones. I'm like, all right, this is the best sounding V6. So this gets to be the most powerful V6 in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just make them sound cool. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at least hit the like, all right. Well, the Porsches are flat fours. Well, I'm using the flat four engine sounds for these. So at least it's that. Yeah. Or the inline, inline six. Flat four is the Subaru. That, those were amazing days. When we, were, when we were having to slog through that material, like the yep. four of us, uh, Crispin Hands, Rum, DePrisco, and uh, Saki Kaskis. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, it was such a clan. And there was such a camaraderie there that 
I think is another thing that kind of gets missed in indie and why we reach out to each other in a larger community. Because mm-hmm. that camaraderie is uh, pretty special and it really arcs things forward. And someone discovers a little thing because you have a conversation at lunch or something and it's like, well, let's try that. And you go and you try it. You get a programmer to help you, whatever it is. Yeah. And you do it and it works. And I think there's a lot of uh, stimulation in that internal environment that was pretty special back then that's not even really there now. Like we didn't have tools. Yeah. We had right. Orca. And Orca was this... <laughs> really difficult to use little sample playback <laughs> patch builder kind of thing um, that was, we got onto it, we understood it and it developed, but it was no wise. It yeah, was no right. mod, right? And so those tools, not having those tools made us feel real sense of satisfaction when we innovated. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think I learned a real lot as a sound designer working on PS2, PSP, like these like limited formats. Um, I learned a lot doing those and learning how to work with a little that allows like totally. now that now that it's opened up and I'm working on these PC games that essentially I have no RAM limits, no CPU restrictions, just do whatever I want. I'm like now I can much more effectively use everything that's available to me because I can I used to be like, well, I, I made a you know a baseball crowd out of a meg. So if you give me everything, I can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I find myself getting into the not sure which details to focus on mode <laughs> sometimes. That's probably why I was up so late last night. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't know. This ball of yarn should probably have multiple velocities <laughs> for its impacts. You if know, I were a cat, it, it would definitely have to have. The main character of the game is a cat. <laughs> um, I guess I guess the, the modern equivalent would be like working on mobile games. Like... Right. Go cut yeah. your teeth on some mobile games first, and you, then you'll be like, you. Then it opens up when you do a PC game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We always loved that. We would always love that we were working on the PC SKU. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we right. knew what our target was. Our target was the Xbox. Yeah. Or okay, no, the target was actually Nintendo because it was the smallest. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we could just blow it out from there. Yeah. And the tools kind of evolved around that idea too. Yeah, I remember talking with somebody who was. Asking me, they're like, oh, I've got this person and they've been telling me they're AAA and they're like, I teach. And I'm like getting my students to do something. They're like, I asked this person, how many footsteps sounds should I have? And they was like, 30. And she was like, you're an indie person. What do you think? I'm like, four. <laughs> <laughs> well, my opinion on that even as an indie is six. Yep. Yeah. I do eight four, to ten. Four is the yeah. bare minimum. Six you can get away minimum. with four, I think. Yeah, I guess it depends on the More sound. is always better, but like 30 to me is like, what are you? Oh, what? totally. 30 is It's saying That's luxury. Yeah. It's like, especially if you're, because you know you want them all to sound pretty much the same but different. Yeah. Yeah. So after a certain number, it's and that's with But if it's gravel, you want to be, have quite a, a wide variety yeah. of variation. Yeah, but you can't have one that has like a chirp in it or, or like a, a, but heels, a noticeable peak. Heels on concrete. Yeah, you could probably get away with four if you found the right four. Yeah, six, and that's with pitching as well. I'm oh yeah, like totally. four no, no, I'm plus pitching. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm generally like six to ten, but push come to shove, I four. can do four. Four yeah. is the like that's the bottom. Right. Well, and if you have two like <laughs> layers, then yeah, then you're good for sure. I think. So, uh, Jay Fernandez asked um, on Twitter, "What new technology slash plugins are you excited about that's audio related?" That'd be particles for me because I haven't particles. tried it yet. I've had it, uh, you know, gave it to me a long time, months ago. I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, but I am pretty excited about that one. And that what, is... What's, what's it about? 
It's like um, it's like a Walla an uh, Walla engine for Wooshes. What? Mm. Yeah, and essentially it's it's surround as well. So it can you can set up your sample banks with any you could put in a basketball, a whoosh, a footstep, whatever you want, and then it would create little tiny particles, and you can scale number of particles and how what their particles ranges, and then they just spin and they move. Oh, you can cool. change their patterns, their tracking, all that kind of stuff, and you can do it in surround or you can reduce it to stereo. It's very clever. Huh. Nice. Yeah, but essentially, if you wanted like that kind of stuff, yeah, cool. we'll do that. Oh, neat. That's okay. cool. Yeah. I'm excited for that, and too. And it's free for educational people. Oh, oh damn. So um, if you're a student or staff. Make me a teacher. I'm going to open a school. <laughs> Someone's been asking about next summer, so <laughs> maybe I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got anything, Gord? Uh, I've been so just entrenched in business stuff and working that I have not been paying any attention to new tools. Is there any, which is bad for Does that make podcast. you sad? Kind of. Is there a new business tool that you get jazzed about? <laughs> yes, I've been using. I've been using one called Rescue Time. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, which isn't really. I'm not really using it much for business. It's just like self survey. But What's basically, it it's an app that you can put on your phone and your computer, mm -hmm. and it just tells you which applications you're using. Yeah. Um, and you can label them as productive or non-productive or semi-productive or like complete wastes of time. Right. You know, and it tells you how many hours okay. you were like using apps. Is Slack productive? Semi-productive? Slack is semi-productive. <laughs> Actually, I might have it marked down as productive. Let me see. I I'll, I'll, I'll go through the let's Here's what I did the past day. Okay. Uh, no, today. No, I'm not going with today because, oh, wait, I could go to it today because I worked till seven in the morning. Um... <laughs> so I did anyway so you can see it's got like a blue it's got dark a blue chart. purple and red pie chart so I wasted 19 hours last week on entertainment stuff probably like Netflix of how many hours though you have to take that in consideration right? uh, you didn't waste 19 of, of 40 hours no it was more than that it was yeah. probably 60 or 70 it was 65 hours total right last week so you worked a 40 hour work week <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> didn't feel like it though i don't know how right because you at the same time <laughs> wasted another 20 hours i don't yeah, think it's that accurate awesome. because i was recording voiceover i think i think it's very much like i wouldn't bill people based yeah, on the yeah, information yeah. it gives me because i good... know i did the duelist voiceover recordings mm -hmm. and i think if you're not like moving the mouse around or something it might not count it. oh mm. so if you're recording stuff out there's a timeout yeah. of minutes i think on that yeah or something yeah. like that so i think it's not super accurate i don't know but i'd like to try a couple else, but it's so. a good view on what yeah. you're doing not a, i think it's really important for us to keep it yeah. keep track of that i stuff think and be honest uh, with uh, ourselves. Uh, yeah. i think slack is productivity dependent upon time of day oh yeah right the the game the game audio slack channel like post six o'clock pacific kind of descends into jiffy land yeah total oh really eh? nothing productive okay. but work hours it's there and early like east coast work hours mm -hmm. it, it you know actually it'll start to pick up in european when they start their day right and that's the productivity but there's a window in the middle where it's like only west coast people are up at night and like there's about four <laughs> hours that is just like a total waste of time <laughs> but a great to to chat with people um, I think it's not really new, new, but I picked up uh, one of those little um, modular for my modular. Okay. The contact mic thing. Oh, cool. Okay. It's a it it's a, a faceplate that's got a little rubby bit on it with a contact mic attached to the back of it, 
and then it spits out CV dependent on the contact mic. Mm -hmm. And it's got an input that you can plug another contact mic into it if you want an external one to hook up to stuff. So that's sort of my latest. It was made by Music Modular, and they did it under a Creative Commons hardware license. So Synthrotech in Portland has started making them like according to the designs of these other guys because Creative Commons. Hmm. And so they've basically made it way more available now. How are you using it? I haven't used it yet. I got it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to feed it into stuff. I don't know what. I've been using uh, this week a lot because I've got uh, like many versions of this edit and OMFs and I have to import the OMF every time. And in Pro Tools, it's not finding like OMFs, right? They're just awful sometimes. So this one I can manually say find candidate, link, commit, yes. I can do that manually, but if I tell it to do it automatically, it can't find them. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? And so I've set up Automator as my new best friend. Oh, Automator. Cool, <laughs> I love yeah. Automator. That sounds cool. <laughs> so just record your workflow and then run. Yeah. Oh, nice. A hundred times. Run again a hundred times. And so 1,200 files can be done in an hour. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Or less. Sweet. Yeah. And that's uh, Mac. Yeah, it's right. Or is it's built it both? In. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's built, no, into, it's built into the Mac? Yeah. Why am I not using that? Yeah. It's kind of like I'm using other things. Yeah. I'm using, it's a lot like QuickEase, actually. Yeah. I've been using Keyboard Maestro for a long time. Yeah. Um, actually, I haven't been using it that much lately. I like I usually use it for dialogue editing stuff. Right. I've been the other workflow yep. on a, or work business thing. I, I just started using Trello, and that's oh, been yeah. that's been nice. I like that. I tried it I, once. It didn't get it. I've started to use it to keep track of all the junk I want to buy because I always <laughs> have I always have a million tabs open of like oh here's uh, yeah. here's mm-hmm. a piece of music gear I want to buy and here's a sample library I want to buy. So now I'm like just taking the link, throwing it on a Trello board of like. Here's all the sound stuff I want to buy. Just put it there and close down the tabs. You don't need those open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. revisit that when you've got some money. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got some money from here. Go look at all the Trello junk and pick something. <laughs> yeah. I just have it set up as far as like projects and deadlines. So yeah, there's one column that's like do this week and then do this month and then do later and then long term. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Like fix the website and stuff like that. Oh, website stuff. I I don't even have a, I have a website that just says my email address. Yeah, yeah. I, like I have a, it's, I just get to the goddamn point. <laughs> I got too much life to live. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not good at this PR stuff. Yeah. You guys are so much better at it. It's great. I, but... I, I have to fix my blog that I started website. I have, a, I have registered a domain for the podcast. That I've never mm-hmm. done it. I actually renewed it today because I've had huh? it for a year and never <laughs> done anything with it. I'm like, I should keep this. I hate, I hate doing web stuff. My <laughs> website is old. Luckily, M does web stuff. No. She does. Really? She does everything. Oh, that's good to know. So, um, Hi, M. Hi, I'll, be, I'll be talking to you about that later. <laughs> I've got some projects for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or she did her own She on Weebly. She's, she's not like Weebly, HTML okay. or something. But, right. but by chance, the site, the person that made my site made it in Weebly. Mm-hmm. However, they just became free again as well. So I might get the original person to touched up. Cool. But M does video stuff too, so she can mm. multi-talented. Cut our, that's cut our that's saying if you're going to be indie, be yeah. multi-talented. Oh, yeah. totally. You can do everything. If, it's, if you're going to be life. Yeah. If you're going to be alive, be <laughs> just do <laughs> stuff. Be a T, don't yeah. be an I. Oh, oh nice. yeah. Do you want to explain that nice. for the podcast? That's yeah. a cool uh, sure. system. Um, this was uh, explained by my boss, who I think he said he stole it from the Valve handbook. Which mm. is a that's great, probably right. A great yeah. place to steal business an organizational stuff. It's from. pretty cool. Um, so the idea is a I person is extremely knowledgeable in one thing. They're like really great at one thing. 
Uh, and if you have a whole company of I people, they can't talk to each other because they don't know what each other do, does. <laughs> yeah. They have no, nothing to no overlap. Ground. So mm -hmm. then you need a whole bunch of people, i.e. producers, to talk to all of these people for them. You need somebody who can bridge all of that. And if you have all these I people and then all these producers, you then have all these producers talking to each other about the eyes that are underneath them, which is basically all these people who don't know what they're really what's going on making decisions about things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the better is T people who are pretty good, pretty good at one thing and know a little bit of a bunch of other stuff. They're an upside down T. Right. And so when you put all those upside down T's next to each other, they start to overlap their little bits of knowledge so they can talk to each other. Yeah. So if the programmer knows a little bit of art and the audio guy knows a little bit of programming and, you know, the artist knows a little about audio, then they don't need a producer because they can all talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So the more T people you have, the more you can effectively communicate directly to somebody in another job description. I think it actually probably increases your potential for a job even. Yeah. In that interview, yeah. you're sitting down and you're talking to producers, then you're talking to HR, then you're talking to some audio people, then you're talking to a, a coder. Yeah. And if you can talk to all of them in some way, yeah. mm -hmm. you're going to be further ahead. Yeah. That's probably something we could touch on because it came up last week with Mark Kilborn's uh, Facebook post. Which yep. one was that one? He just was like tired of what? Lazy people trying to get oh, jobs. That one. Yeah. 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 And you've hired lots of people. Yep. So. You know what? I always hired first and foremost, can I work with them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the main thing for sure. The second thing was, can they learn? Yeah. Yeah. Third thing was, what do they know? Right. Unless it was really specific. Like Charles Deenan was a targeted hire, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that was really specific what we were after. Right. Right. Um, right, right. But uh, uh, for the most part, it's always first. Who I think, are they? I think the ideal situation is you want somebody that you you like and enjoy being with and has a uh, good taste yeah. and then you can train into how you do stuff. Yep. Um, I've been lately in some situations where I haven't had that luxury and it's like I need somebody who can hit the ground running. Yep. And that's a little bit different when you like, mm -hmm. you're like I need just like skills are now up. You know, what you can do is more than what can I teach you because I don't have the time to teach you. So yeah. There is situations where that does get a little bit I just find around. that hires harder. I'm yeah. still looking for can I work with them? Yeah, yeah. And I'm less likely That's to, always that's always the number one. I'm less yeah, I'm less likely to hire them if they're difficult in any yeah, yeah. way or they feel the, awkward um, and I can't figure out why or I can't first just time enjoy I, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cuz right. awkwardness can be enjoyed too, but yeah. Okay. First be, time I went sure. to GDC, uh they did audio boot camp and it was like how do you get into the in the industry and the guy who who's doing that part of the talk was biggest piece of advice don't be an asshole. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and he's like, that's how I got my break in the industry. A guy was like, I like you. You're not an asshole. I can work with you. So he gave me a chance. Mm -hmm. so. But sometimes assholes don't know they're assholes. No, totally. Most right? of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I think so. So, <laughs> so ask somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ask somebody who will give you a straight <laughs> am <I> an answer. <laughs> am I an asshole? Gordon, am I an asshole? <laughs> You're not an asshole, okay. Jen. <laughs> All right. Rene asked, this is... Mostly, I think, going to be a question for you, Gord. Okay. Uh, not for me. Maybe for you as well, Jen. But Ask it. Uh, voiceover in VR. Creative uses and applications? Question mark. Emitter placements for VO? World eyes versus voice of God? Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> um, That's actually in the question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I haven't done it yet, so I'm just doing conjecture like everyone else, but having spent a lot of time in VO or in VR... Yeah. 
Vioro. Um, I would say voice of God, if it's going to be voice of God, has to sound like it's like coming booming from the sky. It still has to be localized. Yeah. I'm still like, you know, anti bald naked stereo yeah. for VR. Um, though, I mean, depending if you can make it sound like a, the voice in your head and you want it to sound like a voice in your head, then that that would probably fit yeah. as well. It's all very context. The question yeah. was specifically VO? VO yeah. in or VR. Like, VO in VR. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, because I did VR 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I was doing it in BAMP for the BAMP Center for the Arts, and we were yeah. doing um, working with Interval Research, which was Microsoft's research research department, mm -hmm. their arm that Gates just threw money at, and they were researching human interaction with interface in a virtual world. But there was a lot of VR projects that came through. But that one was um, set in a different bunch of different locations, and you could be a crow, a snake, uh, a spider, and I forget the, the fish. Right. And you had to move like those animals in order to navigate the environments. And the, the environments were hot, hot springs, um, the hoodoos in Banff. They were all based around Banff and a waterfall. Mm -hmm. And you uh, had the goddess. And the goddess would guide you when you got stuck and you didn't know what to do. You couldn't move because you didn't know that you had to move like a spider. You didn't yeah. have to move like a fish. Or you can fly, flap your arms, crow. Mm -hmm. And so the goddess was myself and Brenda Laurel, who's an old like Mondo 2000, uh, you know, total <laughs> cyberpunk, right? So it was all these people, these totally trippy people. Um, and it was she and I guiding each person who was in the VR space. And we were the goddesses. So we were washed out in verb. And coming from the sky, just yeah. like you said, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. But you could reach out in the virtual space. You had little sensors on your hands and you could touch these rocks and these rocks had faces on them and they looked like petroglyphs. And they had a closed mouth, a flat mouth. Mm -hmm. And we would, the goddess would, would tell the person who had a mic on in addition to their, their goggles and their, their, all the sensors, right. touch the rock if you want to leave a message for the next um, adventurer. Oh, cool. And okay. you would touch the rock and Max, before it was at Max MSP, would mm -hmm. go into record and record a message and then the mouth would be open round. So the next person who came into the environment could touch the rock and hear a message and those were definitely spatialized. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. And then environmentalized with reverbs and such for yeah. the space they were in. And so that's just like a creative use of the environment to like to make the sound give the sound a reason for being. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Whereas oh, totally, I yeah. feel like the standard voice of God narration, it's I'm sure it'll be fine in some cases, but it also is just kind of, it's not a sound issue as it is much a design issue. As in like, they haven't put a lot of thought or effort into why that sound exists and bringing it into the world and utilizing the, the virtual space, I think. Just get Morgan Freeman and then you can do voice of God. It, like, then it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Everyone will accept it that it's just. No, but Morgan Freeman should just be standing in every virtual space. I'll, ex I'll, I'll, my mind will accept Morgan Freeman as a like disembodied voice of God that's just in my head. Just that's, in your head. Because that, yeah. that, that'll be, I'm in a documentary with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> okay. So have you guys seen the Magic Leap video? Uh, the AR stuff? Was there a new one? There was one that came out three, four days ago on Facebook. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. I caught, I, I came away from GDC really feeling like VR is just a stepping stone. Yeah. Into AR? Yeah. Yeah. AR is yeah, going to be where it's at. I think a lot of people at. feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Okay. I feel I feel like it can Checking be too. <laughs> they can be two separate entertainment types totally, as well. Totally, totally. Like, or the devices will do both. Fantastic contraption, I think, belongs in VR. Yes. Right. That to make that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But so much of the VR stuff that I've seen doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. I'm like AR. Let's do AR because that yeah. would make sense. Well, everybody's just kind of like hooked on the idea <clears throat> of like 
their preconceived notions of what's going to be great in, in VR, aka like roller coasters and first person shooters. Yeah. And they're not awesome in VR. There are cooler things to do in VR. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of creativity. Sorry, I cut you off. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, you didn't. I don't, I don't feel like you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're pointing at your device. Good. We're good. Handle that. Do you have anything more to say? Oh, no, I'm good. You're good? I'm not cutting anybody oh, off. No, I have one more thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, recording VO binaurally is, is actually uh, a really cool idea. If, But that's also very what, disconcerting. Because well, if, what you if, were the, if you're doing a first-person thing in VR and you are supposed to be the character that is first-person, yeah. having a voice coming out of your body is kind of disconcerting. So well, that might be bad. Well, also if it moves at all and you're not moving. Um, well, no. If it if you're doing VO coming from your source, you would move this. You'd place the emitter like on the your virtual face. Basically. Oh, you're talking about as your first person. Yes. So if you had like yes. a first person shooter in VR, yeah, and the character that you are playing as has lines. Yeah. Doing so them, recording them binaurally, so they're coming from your own head. Yeah. So, so like they did that. Like they they, they did that for Soma. Yeah. Um, but that's not a VR game. But it is first person. But at the same time, I feel like we should just be miking up the players, and they should be, they should be in totally. the experience. You know, totally. I love and that. Like they, they have mics. <laughs> I'm a woman, and I hate having guys' voices talk for me in games. Yeah, it drives really me bonkers. Weird, right? It pulls me right out immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even if it's a woman's voice and it's not my deep voice, right? Yeah. I'm like, hey, wait, that's not me, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I love that idea. Yeah, way more. that's that's like on the bucket list for fantastic contraption like after we get we have to get all the assets in and there are a few things but i really 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 want to get the mic happening and be putting the it'd voice be, in the space it'd you know? be pretty cool, cool to put everybody and who's other watching. people have already started doing it i so. would put everyone who's watching in the space too yeah that's that the other thing on awesome. the list but that re that'll require <laughs> peripheral hardware as well which is kind of a totally game. uh michelle has asked uh talk about your earliest memory of doing anything audio related jen uh, when my parents had someone, an accordion lesson salesperson come by when I was, um, geez, under 10, I was, I think eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she came into the living room and said, here, Jennifer, I'd like to show you something. And she strapped the accordion on me and showed me some, some, some sheet music, which I'd never seen before. And I played, um, oh, my Valentine or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was my first time I went, my parents went, you're musical. Oh Yeah. And bought me a guitar that year. Ah, cool. <laughs> so that's my first memory. Um, mine was um, instead of doing, in Canada, we do two years, general, do two years of preschool before kindergarten. Um, I did preschool for one year, and then I did one year of ORF music lessons hmm. every day, which is, you know, very rudimentary, like, rhythm teaching, like, real. it's for teaching really little kids, like, when you're four, like music and it's a it's very rhythm based interesting so i had these whole like or music lessons like i was introduced to music like super early on so that's kind of like first like you know sitting in a circle with a bunch of kids hitting blocks awesome cool. that sounds so, great and for some reason i have a horrible sense of rhythm i don't know where it all went <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i remember my parent i had a fisher price tape recorder me and my sisters and my older sister had fisher Price tape recorders. I remember running around with that when I was like two, and nice. I, you could record, which I barely understood, but I managed to do a couple times by accident. And I could record on that and play it back, and everything that played back sounded terrifying. It's not a good recorder, <laughs> but I, uh, I still have it. My parents dropped it off last year. I can't even think of the first recorder I encountered. Now that I'm thinking about it, 
That's interesting. Never thought but, about it. Yeah, I was I was slamming on my parents' my, my dad's guitars since like long before I could actually play a thing. I was yeah. I was singing songs, just playing all the strings at once. Totally. And I and I remember <laughs> doing it. I, I remember just being like early, yeah. just wailing. And, and singing songs. Yeah, yeah, I had an auto herp. It was like that. Awesome. You just press it, the A, A, bring. Oh, nice. <laughs> there was your A chord. Yeah, know? yeah. That was easy, pretty easy to understand. Yeah, auto herps are sweet. <laughs> I really want one. Another question? Uh, no, we're out. Oh, we're out of questions. We're out of serious questions. I'm not answering the other questions. Okay. There were some questions <laughs> about Game of Thrones watching and beard maintenance. Oh. I'm just like skipping those. Sorry. Well, um, beard maintenance, I find that it's really all, for, for me anyway, all about the spirit gum. <laughs> you know, you really have to, you have to, you do have to take it off every couple of days and reapply. It gets itchy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've it does get a little bit face. itchy, but it's, it's, it's okay. I don't think it's as bad as you have. <laughs> it's probably a better itch. <laughs> I've had spirit gum, gum on my face too. And I'm sorry I didn't show up with my, my beard. <laughs> or a cat. Or a cat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I lean on other people's cats. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have any pets, do you? Uh, I'm a big pet person, but I had uh, two cats for 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. When they died, about six months later, they died within three months of each other. Oof. Six months later, I uh, I realized that my lungs felt better. Oh, like, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> but I love cats. I can hang out in houses with them, no problem, for days on end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the buildup, and it's a subtle thing. Right. But no, I grew up, my parents bred bearded collies, so I'm a oh, cool. definite pet person. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up as a dog person. Yeah. yeah, it was both. And then I got into cats when I was like, I work a lot and I don't have the time to commit to a dog. Right. So cats are good, like slightly less maintenance pets. I am definitely more feline focused. Yeah. 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 I was into exotic stuff when I was a kid. I grew up with firebelly toads. Wow. <laughs> I had I a had... walking stick as a pet. Oh, cool. I had a <laughs> turtle. <laughs> I had a turtle too. I had a turtle that was older than I think all the entire family. Like Really? My... Wow. My aunt gave it to me and she'd had it since she was a kid. And so it was, we don't know how old it was. It was, huh. and she had got it like as a fully grown turtle. So like she didn't Whoa. know how old it was. It was, it, we, we, we weren't sure. We thought it might outlive me actually. What's it doing now? It's dead. Oh. <laughs> it's dust. <laughs> it, it actually did. It's die. making more turtles. <laughs> my dad brought in, I was, we were sitting at the cottage and my, it was winter. My dad brought in this frozen turtle and put it down beside my mom uh -huh. and I were playing cards. I think this thing's dead. We put it on the table. They just left it there and it started moving. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and so we kept it for a year. It eventually died pretty fast, but it was a little snapper turtle. And oh, cool. it had literally frozen itself and then thought. <laughs> 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 it was pretty cool. So crazy. Tur yeah, turtles. That's crazy. Yeah. We had turtles, an Eastern box turtle. Eastern box? Eastern box. Box turtles. Box. Yeah. The so real high lived, shell, right? Yeah. So she lived in a cage and then we, mm. she put her in the, the tub. Yeah. And she would just stick all her legs out and soak up water through her skin. So it's just like every day Weird. or two, you'd have to be like, all right, got to go, got to go put Henrietta in the tub. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. I, I am actually a fish person. I'm not a cat person, no, a dog I person. Fish when I was growing up. I am a fish person. I had tons of aquariums. Yeah. What kinds of fish? I like... Salt and fresh? Or? No, freshwater. South American cichlids are kind of my thing. Okay. Yeah. They're really, they're really intelligent and they're pretty entertaining, actually. The, the the tank will get this like political hierarchy happening. So you can just watch and you just be like, oh, so you've grown half an inch and now you're like up on the pecking order, but only in regards to some relationships within the tank. They're all super territorial and stuff. I don't know, it's awesome. It's kind of like orcs in Warhammer. Yeah. The bigger you are, the bigger the boss you are. 
<laughs> if you live long enough, you get huge. Yeah, but there'll be there'll be like interesting little friendships in the in the tank that don't make any sense either. Yeah. Like two fish will hang out. Like these two will be fine together, even though one's way smaller. And yeah, it's it's cool. I ha- I had tanks in university and my roommates would watch the tank more than the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Are you involved with M's uh Women in women in game audio or women in I audio am, podcast. I, I am, yeah. Okay, definitely. Sweet. Uh, the podcast. No, I didn't know about the podcast. podcast. Well, no, the meetup group. The meetup group. Yeah. So yes. I've been involved from the beginning, and yeah. um, we've got some ideas about things that we want to do as a group or even as little subgroups within the group. Okay. But uh, lining up things like a tour of of sh- a detailed tour of sharps. Okay. And uh, some projects, some really cool project ideas of, you know, women recording sound effects that maybe only women really have experience of or can a- get access to that kind of thing. And right. um, some neat ideas are forming. But really what's happening is we're hearing a lot about shared experience. Okay. And going, really? Wow. That happened to you? Like some of the stuff I'm hearing from some of these folks who are either still students mm-hmm. or have recently graduated or even a couple of years ago um, are like, no way. Really? Ugh. That happened to you? Ugh. That's not cool. That what that's happening to you, and so um, what it's doing is it's strengthening everyone who's attending. Okay, good. And they're going, oh, really? Well, that shouldn't happen. This is how I would deal with that. Right. And it's changing things. Okay, good. Yeah, and I'm finding that I'm even. I'm sorry to say this about all the folks that are at that meeting, but I'm I'm watching different people at the at other meetings, not right. at our meetings, and I'm seeing them looking stronger. Good. And interacting differently, because now they're thinking about what they're doing right. in a different way. Right. And right, they're going, right. no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm not going to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Sweet. it's fantastic. So I'm really excited about how it. How do people find it? Or it's just on meetup.com? It's on Facebook. Facebook. If they know any of us, they should just let us know they want in. It's a closed group. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And what about your, what's a, what are the sound art projects coming up? So I wanted to go, I tried to get a, a residency in Iceland, which I was very excited about, uh, to go two months and record extremely long recordings, twelve between six and 12 hour recordings, mm-hmm. and then play with time compression of events like oh, okay. that, like the tidal cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm really fascinated by the idea that we hear, but we don't hear over long duration. Yeah. Like we don't sit in a park for four hours and, and really, ex- we don't usually anyway, expressly listen to that four hours of park. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to take that four hours and turn it into 40 seconds. Yeah, right. And then you hear that. So I've done that with a 20-minute fireworks show, and it sounds like a really messed up jazz set. Cool. Right? And so I think, <laughs> there's, a, I think there's a lot to discover rhythmically, texturally, uh, but I also think that experientially, to experience a compression of a long-duration exist, uh, experience is mm-hmm. something we don't do much of. We do the, the opposite. Yeah. We do a lot of stretching, usually. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we do do some pitching up, obviously, too, but um, without pitch shift. So what does the ocean sound like over 12 hours in two minutes? Right, right, right. I got some, like, 45-minute recordings yeah. in the rainforest, but it was, like, the bridge between, like, you sunlight morning... and nighttime, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, like, went right at dusk, and so you could hear the entire nature shift, and that was super cool. I should send that to you, and you can squash it. Sure. It's actually <laughs> pretty intensive doing the squashing. Yeah. I'm trying to find some better technology, but Isotope is the best one so far. Oh, okay. RX is pretty good at it. Um, but it takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a really long time. So I would love to do that sure. with it if you're into it. Um, I thought you'd just done like an hour and then another hour spaced out. I did. Mul- no, no, no. I sat there with the headphones in my head at the top of like a tower. Oh, I think I did a couple of them over an hour. Yeah. 
Oh, the binaural squish will be all fun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, right on. Anyway, do we fun. have announcements? We always forget to announce things. Are we gonna okay, have a moment of silence do? for Prince? For what's that moment? Uh, of silence. Oh yeah. And China. And China and. China. And the guy from never Negativity Land. Negativity Land. Bad day. I've never heard of that band. You can art. look it up. Capital A art. Yeah. In a, the best okay. of ways. Okay. Yeah. Sound art. Culty, but you should know about it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Parkitect's going to early access May fifth. That's my announcement. Uh, that's the only thing I have Where's that my has library? a date. Early access. Where's my library? I still have to go record stuff. More more stuff. What is going live? Parkitect is going to early access. I don't know Parkitect. Parkitect is my theme park building game I'm working on. Oh, you're making a game? Couple, no, I'm not making it. Oh, you're working on it. I've been working on okay. it for the past two years. Got it. Yeah. And I, I, I kickstarted it on a level ah. that Gordy is going library. to get me a sound library of... Of, oh no way! Yeah, of, of park recordings, so I like to keep them bugging Gord. Hey, where's, spring has sprung. My the theme park, park is open again. I will bust in and record. Yeah, some and stuff. I find it funny because yeah, I'll probably help them record them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> last 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 year we were talking about. It. He's like, all right, you want to come help me record these? I'm like, aren't I supposed to get these for free as part of my Kickstarter? He's like, yeah. Do you want to help record them? I'm like, okay. <laughs> you wouldn't get all of them, though. You get a curated little yeah. library. You'll get a curated library. I did participate in the Pacific Northwest one. Did you guys? Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really excited yeah. about that. I am too. Yeah. Congratulations really to Andy that. for that succeeding. That's yeah, I was great awesome. to meet him too at, um, at GDC. Uh, right. I talked to him at the VR meetup, and so if you missed his Kickstarter, um, you will be able to still contribute. Oh, yep. On his website, I believe, um, minus a couple perks, but you can still contribute and get like the different scaled libraries. Yeah. Um, that he's going to release. A year from now, cool. a year and a half from now. Uh, I started my blog. I guess that's the, the latest. Oh, yeah. thing. I started okay. my blog. Uh, I'm so far. I'm doing every two weeks. Gonna update about something. My views on sound stuff. Randy Tom's doing a blog. If in case anyone hasn't yeah. keyed into that yet, he was doing right. some great stuff about Reaper. <laughs> uh, Dave. Farmer. Oh, really? Dave. Uh, Dave sorry. Farmer. Dave Farmer. Yeah, doing Dave Farmer is doing great Dave stuff. Farmer? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. Like a lot of stuff from here's how what my workflow is to yeah. here's the um, the layout that I'm using and to, you know like everything. Cool. It's great. Yeah. Highly recommend that. Nice. Yeah. John's stuff from a Reaper, the Reaper blog is like killer for all of that. It totally is. Um, but Dave Farmer stuff definitely gets a little bit of that like post production spin on it that mm. you might be missing from from watching all of John's stuff. And I was going to use my art project to learn Reaper. Yep. So now yeah. So I have to find idea. a new way to, to to learn Reaper. Yeah, that's a that's what that's always I find the best way to learn Reaper because yeah. it's a dense tool to wrap yeah. your head around, and when you just open it up and look at it, you're just like if you're coming from any other dots, like oh, this is weird. Where to start? Yeah. Is is have a project like here at, at Clay? We did it for our um, our internal game jam. We decided as the audio team, we're going to use ah. Reaper for all of the game jam stuff, and it just gave us two days of forced or three days of just forced learning. I'm like, all right, we have to make sounds with this. Well, what do we do? And kept asking each other questions and like humbling each other out. But it, like, I learned way more in like two days of concentrated trying to do something in Reaper than I ever did. Yeah, goal oriented learning with yeah, it. Yeah, Maybe cool. that's a video someone can do. Here's a project, just like a, you know, if you're building a course, mm -hmm. BFS or something. Here's a project. Go do this for this day, and then spend an hour this day doing that. Yeah, and then next day you're gonna do this for an hour. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be good. hint hint. <laughs> John, somebody, somebody that's not me. Yeah, <laughs> please do that. John, do it. John's offering courses as well. 
Yeah, oh, is he? we can make that an announcement. Yeah. Huh? John John's just I think last month or the month before, maybe before that, he released like an online course that you can like basically yeah, it's like music. a vi- it's a video set specifically for Reaper. Yeah, for mixing music. Oh, for music mixing. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But there's so much that's transferable like you watch yeah, right. that stuff and you're you're going to Really yeah. Anyways, it no, sounded like, like he got really good. good tool. Like the yeah. talk that he did up here for Fulindi, wasn't it? No, Fulindi, no, that's for I'm us. So, yeah, 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 yeah. For the sound design meetup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was great. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jen. Thank you. Thank very you guys. Much for that was on. fun. My pleasure to be here. It was great. Cool. Yeah. And thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Bye.